When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that is the gay it wants to see in the world. Yeah, yeah, it is. Suck all the dicks, everybody. (laughs) Put them in your mouth. (laughs) That's the most important part. Suck dick. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. Today. Today. I forgot what we're talking about. I'm thinking about dick sucking. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that's what we're talking about now. This is the dick sucking episode. No, we're talking about baking. We're going to talk about baking, which seems real gay. Seems um, pretty gay. Yeah, but uh, in honor of Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, uh, Indigenous Destruction Day, whatever whatever we're calling it now. Yeah. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to Americans and 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 also to Canadians, even though they don't deserve it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we see you, Canadians only chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Thanks to everyone who listens and makes gayish a part of your lives. We, we appreciate all the support you give us and, you know, just hopefully you enjoy us and the entertainment we provide. So thanks yes. for what you do. Thanks for what you do. I'm thankful that you are listening because it means we're doing okay ratings wise. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Our podcast ratings through the roof. Yeah. We haven't been number one in ecuador in a while so that's like, very true so share this with a friend i don't know how this start is going i don't know if this is the best episode to share with a friend so far but I don't know. <laughs> maybe a better one uh before 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 we get into the news uh we do have 100 words this week at a certain Ooh. level of patreon if you send in 100 words i will say them and i feel like we've been breaking the rules lately kyle but we're gonna we're gonna slightly break the rules today okay how so I'm not going to read the parts before and after it, which <gasps> I know, I know it's like, I don't even know myself anymore. That's two weeks in a row. I love it. But it's also because it's already so fucking long. So this is from longtime listener, Trent Bullock, who uh, just uh, recently, uh, because he started listening to our show in 2018, driving from Philly uh, to where he was working on his PhD back to Michigan. Anyway, he got his PhD and is now published. Wow. Congrats, Trent. So con- congrats, Trent. But uh, he he's very self-servingly in a way that I totally support. Wants his <laughs> 100 words to be his 250 word abstract from his article. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so we're making one exception once. And from here on out, 100 only. Well, the first 100 words he paid for, the second 150 words are a graduation gift from us to him oh How about i like that? it yep okay. that sounds great uh from the journal neuroimmune pharmacology and therapeutics the cannabinoid 2 receptor cb2r has been found to provide immunological modulation in different cell types more recently detection of cb2r in the cerebral endothelium suggests a possible role in the resolution of inflammation at the level of the br- blood brain barrier bbb Here, the notion that CB2R upregulation in brain endothelial cells could be exploited to promote vascular protection and BBB integrity was evaluated. Targeting and activation of CB2R was accomplished by a novel and highly specific (laughs) chrominopyrazole-based CB2R agonist, PM289. This study demonstrates that CB2R upregulation is induced as early as eight hours in the cortical vasculature in an experimental mouse model of TBI. Unlike CB2R, CB1R was marginally detected and not significantly induced. In the human brain endothelial cell line, HCMEC slash D3 cells, similar induction of CB2R was observed upon stimulation with TNFA or TNF-alpha. Analysis of transendothelial electrical resistance shows that PM289 markedly prevented the barrier leakiness induced by TNF-alpha. The BBB is also responsible for maintaining an immunological barrier. The five-fold increase in ICAM-1 expression in stimulated endothelial cells was significantly diminished due to CB2R activation. Utilizing wounding assays, utilizing wounding assays, results showed that wound repair could be accomplished in nearly half the time when the novel CB2R agonist is present compared to the untreated control. 
Lastly, mechanistically, the effects of CB2R may be explained by the observed inhibition of the P65 NFKB subunit. Overall, these studies support the notion that targeting and activating CB2R in the brain vasculature could aid in BBB and vascular protection in the context of neuroinflammation. Thank God I got through that. Uh, Trent, you're so smart. Congrats on me not knowing any of that shit. I know you said BB and I was like, uh, and then you said B and I was like, ah, <laughs> every time you got me. Yeah. You can, you can upregulate me anytime. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. And now what comes next, Mike? And now the news. <laughs> Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. Oh, God, Kyle. How you doing, Mike? I'm all right. Yeah. I feel like the news is in a real weird space these days. Yeah? Yeah. I guess I'll find out why in mere moments. Okay, news the first. News the first. Uh, Do you remember Gays Against Groomers? Yeah. Didn't they get suspended from something? They did sort of get suspended from Facebook uh, and Instagram, and then they got reinstated, and people were real mad about that. Ugh. Anyway, they are a far-right anti-trans organization, and they have been slamming ChatGPT because it refuses to generate content that criticizes gender-affirming healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it! You suck. uh, Sucks to suck. (laughs) Deal with it. Gays Against Groomers posted on X, formerly Twitter, which I love that we have to say that every single time <laughs> just to dead name them. Uh, uh, they, they posted, quote, wow, we tested ChatGBT and asked it to write a tweet condemning gender affirming care for minors. It refused, saying the prompt promotes harm, but had no problem writing one in support of it. Look at the difference. Shameful. And yeah, it's absolutely true. So ChatGPT will not write a anti-gender affirming care post but it it happily will write one uh in 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 support Um, i'm very surprised by that it it surprisingly delighted like that's that's awesome i thought the worst of the internet is where chat gpt gets content so that's amazing yep uh the, the 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 prompt write a tweet supporting gender affirming care for minors uh chat gpt said quote every child deserves love respect and the right to be their authentic selves supporting gender affirming care for minors is a crucial step towards creating a world where everyone can flourish regardless of gender identity let's prioritize empathy understanding and inclusivity to ensure every young person feels seen and supported on their unique journey oh that's beautiful and yeah ai did it (laughs) and ai did it yeah um also i think a lot of what ChatGPT does can be grounded in facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do know that they've like heavily weighted things like whatever the American Medical Association says, whatever the American Psychiatric Association says. Like, and so if the medical community says that trans affirming care is good and denying it is bad. I, I I think that that particular language model, large language model, has been has been reinforced to prefer that content over 4chan or whatever the fuck that yeah. evil ass <laughs> dickbag fuckface asshole dot com. Yeah, totally. Okay, news the second. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. So there's this organization called Just Stop Oil. Guess what they want to do? I don't. I don't know what else to say, but stop oil. They want to stop oil. They are very well named. (laughs) Uh, And there were two queer members of Just Stop Oil who were arrested because their plan to stop oil was to break into the National Gallery and throw soup at Van Gogh's sunflowers painting. So they brought soup into the museum and threw it on Van Gogh's sunflowers, which is estimated to be worth approximately uh, 76 million pounds, which that's like a lot in dollars, I think. I think so, too. What kind of soup? Well, it, it was really 
funny. It doesn't say what kind of soup in this article, which I got off the pinknews.com. But uh, there is a picture of her being arrested and the police have an evidence bag with two cans of soup <laughs> in it. <laughs> and it looks like maybe tomato soup. It's red cans, two red cans. Why not throw it at that Andy Warhol painting? <laughs> right? I don't just, know. Maybe this was their second choice. Like they went to the National Gallery <laughs> and they're like, no, Andy Warhol. What the oh. fuck do we do now? What is their logic to this in any any sort of way that we can discern? I, I just I just do not know. Okay. <laughs> they do not know. It'd be uh, like if I really want to have sex with Brad Pitt, so I eat celery at home like this does nothing to accomplish my end goal well okay so phoebe Plummer was uh just appeared before judge mcdonald at highbury magistrates court on thursday and was charged with public order act 2023 section 7 offense which relates to interfering with the use or operation of any key national infrastructure and uh, the judge, uh, oh, I hope I haven't been mis- misgendering them. Uh, they use they, them pronouns. I apologize if I've fucked that up up to now. The judge asked Plummer if they would continue to protest if they were released. And they confirmed that they would. They said, I'm not going to walk out like that. I will continue to march while they continue to license new oil, gas and coal. How many more children have to die before you listen? How many more floods have to wipe out entire villages? How many people will die before you stop sending people like me to prison? Sir Mike Rowley has been handed a dossier of evidence. Why won't you investigate the real criminals? I, 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 I don't know. It, it seems, it seems maybe not the best way to get that done, but here we are talking about it. So, you you know, just stop oil, I guess. (laughs) Just stop oil. So the other queer just stop oil member, Anna Holland, uh, alleged soup thrower as well, (laughs) uh, uh, said, um, I thought this was this was this was why I picked this story up, actually, was like the whole thing is kind of bizarre. But it's this quote at the end that I really want to sort of talk about real quick. Quote, when right wing press focuses a lot on mine and Phoebe's queerness, it's a way for them to try and ridicule us as individuals and therefore ridicule our action and therefore ridicule just stop oil in general. It really has brought to the surface just how easily people will resort to homophobic comments and general homophobia when they are angry at you and when you publicly do something to cause that anger. And I sort of dip into it a little bit and she, and and they're absolutely right. I, wait, I think she's a she her. God damn it. Anyway, I, I think that they're right that uh, there's been a, there was a lot of right wing press covering this that just wanted to focus on the fact that they were that, that they were non-binary and queer and that that somehow made what they did even worse and right. showed how ridiculous their desire to not have the world burn down be. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, it's like that has nothing to do with this story. They're trying to just stop oil. So and they broke into an art museum like none of that has to do with their queerness. And the fact that you're picking up on their queerness is just your own homophobia you can disagree with what they did and not bring up anything about them being queer yep because that's just not relevant to this story yep and and we we certainly we certainly don't say you know known cishet white dude is the gunman in this you know thing we 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 don't we don't do that so why are we doing it on this yeah yeah the default presumption is always cis white straight and it shouldn't be that way yep anyway just stop oil, Kyle. Just stop oil, I guess. Uh, news the last. This is, well, I, I I tried to do this shit sandwich this week and it didn't really work out, I guess. <laughs> okay. What do we have this this week? Well, I mean, there's a, I just don't know if it's a happy ending or not. You'll have to, oh, you'll okay. have to tell me. Okay. Max Hightower, who goes to Sherman High School in Texas, which is in the Dallas area, was cast in the school production of Oklahoma. Then... The principal called Max to the office and was told he couldn't play the role. Quote, actors and actresses can only play roles that are the same gender that they were assigned at birth. Max is trans and it was a male role. And the principal said, no, can't do that because Texas and Jesus. Yeah. So then um, Max, uh, who was devastated, of course, went to the um, 
Well, first of all, he's hilarious. He said, all kinds of actors have played all kinds of parts. I mean, I grew up watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, <laughs> right? That's such a great point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he and his very supportive father took the issue to the school's Uh, to the superintendent and then to the trustees meeting for the school district. And uh, they sided with Max. They said, Oh wow. They they said, we don't care that this is Texas. He's fine. Let him act. So (laughs) um, that's what he's planning to do. The production um, was well into their schedule when all of this went down. So they're not sure now when the play will actually open but when it does, it will have Max as one of its stars. Hmm. That's amazing. I did not think that was going to go that way, given we're in Texas. So yeah. that's it, and way also, to go, Texas. He's 13. I, I just it's another example of all of these fucking badass queer kids that are like not afraid of authority or, yeah. you know, they're going to state legislatures and they're going to school board meetings and they're like just being badass i think it's fucking great yeah that's amazing way to go max way to go max uh i hope you're good at it break a leg <laughs> break a leg <laughs> that's the news that's the news speaking of other people that we hope are great i want to thank the break following their legs new, <laughs> new new people whose legs better be on the lookout for us cuz we're going to break them um our rick ligner mm. and Jeffrey S. Jeffrey S. Yeah. Is your is your last name more complicated and you're just bailing Kyle oh, out? Oh, that was real nice of you if that's what you did, Jeffrey S. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Rick Ligner, no, not thanks to you. You made me say your whole name. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want me to say your name, if you want to use Mike's mouth to make him say 100 words, if you want bonus content every week, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast and sign up. And if you sign up for an annual membership, you get a 10% discount. Yeah, you're losing money not doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> sign up now. Sign up now. It's all I want for Christmas. Oh, for our Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Oh, and while you're doing it, put your fucking address in there so I can send you a Christmas card. Oh yeah, bitch. You have <laughs> bitch, <laughs> and you have to update your address through the desktop, uh, a web browser. Yeah, it won't do it on the app on the mobile app. Right. Do you want to talk about baking? Let's talk about baking. Before we talk about baking, I do want to point out that my friend Marcy was one of the people that suggested that we do this episode, and it's only because she was desperately, madly in love with Tom Hetherington from British Bake Off, and. Oh. And uh, I actually, I know him and uh, she was real mad because when we were in Scotland, she had to leave early and go home and she forbade our friend Kelly and I from going and meeting with Tom under no circumstances were we to meet with Tom. And if we did, don't tell her about it. So we immediately had beers with Tom and sent her pictures on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know him? Uh, so, um, uh, my very tall Scottish friends, uh, Fraser and Lewis, uh, they play rugby with him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway. So I planned to not talk about Bake Off at all. <laughs> uh Oh, well, I was gonna. Okay. But I know that you're going to. So. Yeah, I am for sure. Well, so, well, you, so you didn't break any rules. Right. Exactly. exactly. If I just am going to talk to myself during this time. It's going to be the worst <laughs> podcasting experience that we've done to date. Um, well, I, I was going to talk to you about the history of baking. Okay. And, and we, we really did like want this to be like kind of part of Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah. Um, before, before that though. Okay. Do you, you don't cook. Do you bake? No, I don't cook or bake (laughs) the most. I will, if I had to pick one to do, I would pick baking. Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like a little bit more like you fall. I I like sweets and it's a little bit more follow their directions exactly. And Mm -hmm. that's what you get. And, um, I, you know, would often bake box cakes in college or, Mm -hmm. um, as an adult, the most that I bake is making cookie dough from scratch and not baking the cookies and just eating the cookie dough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or like a DiGiorno pizza, probably. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> I can bake a, a hell of a taquito. Yeah. 
Oh, that sounds really good right now. Yum. Um, what about you? Uh, so I, I'm exactly the opposite, which I think is really interesting. I do cook uh, and and I do sometimes bake. And I find that cooking is way more forgiving. Like mm. cooking, you can kind of wing it. You can kind of like, you know, judge things like based on how it feels in your elbow when you're pouring it or like, you know, it, it's it's not an exact science. And I feel like baking I fuck it up every single time. It doesn't leaven right. Or I didn't need it long enough and the gluten didn't build up or fucking I whatever. Like it just seems to always go wrong with fucking baking because it's chemistry and I don't, I don't, I have ADHD. I can't, I can't get it together or something. <laughs> there are exceptions to that, right? Like you, I can, I can follow a box recipe with, with the best of them. Um, but uh, from scratch, mm. No, not great at it. Fucking Dan, uh, I'm sure everybody remembers fucking Dan, is like a masterful baker. He's like yeah. real good at shit. Yeah. I think um, his Instagram is Uncommon Bakery. You mm-hmm. should go follow that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he he posts uh, pictures of his work on Insta and, and it's like super, super duper good. Yeah. He, it's really impressive, the stuff that he does. Okay. Uh, the history of baking, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> um. This time it's not the Victorians and it's not the Romans or the Greeks. It's uh, the Egyptians. So, oh, uh, there. So it it even predates the Egyptians. Actually, Uh, there are there's evidence in prehistory that we've been making bread. We found like remnants of fires that have carbs in them um, from at least 14,000 years ago. So we've been, we've been making bread, whether you want to call that baking or not for a really, really long time. But, uh, it's, it's the Egyptians that started using ovens and doing what we would sort of more readily identify as formal modern baking. But at that time, like if you had enough money to have access to an oven and to bake stuff, you you were rich. You like, fancy. You fancy. It was a, a symbol of wealth and and social status. The Greeks and the Romans did a whole bunch of like further refinements to baking and the baking process. Uh, they started doing sweet stuff like pastries. And uh, uh, the first recorded cookbook, which is called De Re Cocinaria by Apicius, uh, it included recipes for sweet and savory baked goods in it. Ooh. And I know that cookbook because of Max Miller on Tasting History, who I not so secretly hope to have on the show someday. Um, I really like Tasting History. He is not like sponsoring this at all. I just think everybody should go and watch it because he finds a super ass old recipe and makes it and tastes it. And while it's baking, he talks about the history of whatever it was. So it's like pizza. He does an episode on pizza. He finds the oldest recipe that even remotely looks like pizza and and then talks about the the how it works. And it's just it's just so soothing. Like I like watching people work in a kitchen, really soothing. Hmm. I love history. I love and, and and he's gay. He and his partner um have another channel where they do like their adventures that they just got married in the last year. Yeah. Anyway. So he he's a YouTuber, right? Yeah, YouTuber. Yeah. Go, go go watch Tasting History with Max Miller. They have a cookbook, which I, I like. If you need a Christmas idea, oh. I, I would love that. Okay. Medieval European baking. Um, so during the Middle Ages, so baking became kind of a like community thing to do. And that's when guilds started. And that's when we, we see people get the last name of Baker. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. people's last names used to be like based on what their family did. Yep. So there were there were guilds of bakers and that became their 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 last name. But then by by the 17th century, we see commercial bakeries like you had your like you go there and you buy your bread for the week and it's not uh, it's not expensive. It's just accessible to the public. Then it a little bit moves into individual houses like around the Industrial Revolution. And when we start having like access to good uh, electricity, electric stoves. Um, but that's really baking in a nutshell. There's a, another sort of sea change that happens in the 50s when we start getting a lot more different kinds of like Betty Crocker in a box versions of all of these baked goods. And uh, a lot of people will argue that that's when quality really took a nosedive <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and people stopped learning how to do these things themselves. Um, I looked for any like gay bakers in history and yeah, i was gonna ask about gay shit 
yeah, I really didn't, I really didn't find any, which is surprising. I know that you have a segment, maybe it's your next segment talking about like, is baking gay? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and historically I don't see anything that points to baking being gay or involving gay people, except this common pattern that we've seen over and over and over again of baking gets associated with homemaking, which gets associated with femininity. It's the woman's job to do those things. And therefore it's kind of gay or linked to gayness. If dudes do it, especially in this country. So yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to tell me about it? Should I? uh, Yeah, I guess. Should I, uh, maybe let me jump to like one thing that I was going to talk about, about is baking gay. Okay. Yeah. I looked at an online forum. I just, I don't know why I love doing this, finding random online forums where people post this question. Like sometimes it'll be Quora, but sometimes it'll be other, you know, sometimes it's Reddit, sometimes it's other places just to see what people say about it and see what the most highly voted comments are. Um, This one was from filmboards.com. I have no idea how the question is baking gay has anything to do with film or boards (laughs) or film boards. Or board films? I don't know. So the first answer to is baking gay was as long as you keep the rolling pin out your bum, it isn't. (laughs) First of all, yeah, do not do that. Do not do that. There's no flanged end. Right. So it just gets in there and live in there forever. In there forever. You'd have to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then that, I mean, no good baking story ends at the hospital. Nope. (laughs) Second of all, do people really, would they really attempt that? I guess some rolling pins are like smaller. I Like I immediately think of the kind that has two big handles on it and it's like fucking fat as fuck and like good luck, good luck sitting on that, you know? I think if it's kind of penis shaped, people will try to put it in their butt. <laughs> like anything cylindrical, I think people will try to put in their butts. Okay. I just think that's a rule of life. Like someone's going to try to sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, congrats is ba- to whoever to whoever gets that done congrats you shouldn't do that it's dangerous don't don't do that and congrats uh <laughs> is baking gay someone said not if one bakes exclusively female pies oh yeah <laughs> uh someone given else that, given that pie is like isn't that like a euphemism for for vagina like is there some serial killer who literally bakes pies, female pies <laughs> Oh, geez. Oh, no. Uh, Sweeney Todd, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you, God, or you're just, thinking of American I, Pie. I almost called douche shot on myself earlier, and now I just wanted to call douche shot on you for the Sweeney Todd reference, because we yeah. just had our D&D retreat, and that's the thing that we do there. Yeah, yeah. Whenever someone says something douchey, we we chant douche shot and make them take a shot. Um, Someone just posted a picture of an easy bake oven. Because, <laughs> I mean. It's not not gay. I, exactly. And I mean, it goes into what you're saying of like, it is presumed to be a feminine thing. Do you remember there used to be, I had these things called creepy crawlers, which you could like kind of bake. It, it was like, it was like a dude's version of easy bake oven, but the end result was little like plasticky scorpions or like, um, no, but it sounds badass. It was really cool. It's just like, that's the toy for boys and easy bake is the toy for girls. Things are just so gendered. And that's just, I think easy bake oven is the epitome of who we associate baking with and who we assume it's for. Yeah. Uh, do you, did you want an easy bake oven? No. Did you? Desperately. Oh, really? I desperately wanted an easy bake oven. Oh, and it was, I don't know. First, I would, I don't think I asked for it. Maybe I would have, because mom and dad were pretty good about like, we wanted a, a toy kitchen and they got us one, like even so they're, they weren't afraid of like non-boy toys being in the, in, in the house or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm gay. You fucked it up, mom. <laughs> that's, that's the day it started. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I really wanted an easy bake oven and, um, like I, I, I don't remember ever asking for one. And if I did, I'm sure it was just like too expensive or messy or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you not ask for it because you knew it was gay? Is that something you avoided because of its gayness? Not not consciously. Like oh. this is when I was young, young, like oh. you know, five, six, seven, eight years old that I remember yeah. them being a thing that I was like super into and wanted to try. I don't know. Yeah. I, this is like, yeah, when I was young, I asked for my little ponies because I didn't know that that was gay yet. Yep. Yep. And did, did 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 they give them to you? 
I got my little, little ponies. Yeah. Well, that's why you're gay. We figured it out, Kyle. We, <laughs> I like, like that we traced it back in this episode, <laughs> finally. This the, this, the last episode of Gayish. Yep. <laughs> um, is baking gay? Uh, someone said the only cooking that isn't gay is grilling, which that's, you've said oh before on our episode about grilling. It's, it's That's an American thing for sure. I think that like other countries are more reasonable about their gendered <laughs> food preparation concepts. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that like, like American men are allowed to grill things. End of list. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Anything That's else kind of gay. Yeah. Yep. If it has to do with meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Grilling vegetables on the grill may be allowed as long as it's next to the steak. Yep. Or other dead animal. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, the last answer to his bacon gay if you are following the instructions off the box, no. If you are making something from scratch, flaming homo. <laughs> I Which I, I like that. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> so do I. Okay, but that's not what I wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you about the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, okay. Great British Baking Show. Okay. Or Bake, bake Off, as they call it there. Or Bake, yep. So, Which, did they think that Americans wouldn't understand yeah, I don't. Why did they change the name? That's a mystery to me. That's an enigma to me. Why change the name when it came over the pond? I don't understand that either. I, I, I just don't get it. Um, like maybe they were like, oh no, Americans don't say bake off. So they must not be able to get it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we do say bake off though. And I, maybe, maybe this is why I associate it with like PTA activities. Like it's women have a bake off. For like the county fair or some shit. And, oh, I was going to say county fair. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I don't know. That seems like that should be fine to call it here. Anyway, I didn't make that decision though. So I don't know. Um, Okay. So it's pretty gay, right? Okay. <laughs> Bake off? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first, the the funny like comic relief host people are usually queer. They have uh, Sue Perkins. They've had Sandy... Toxfig, they've had Matt Lucas, all yeah. gay presenters that have been part of it. And the opening skits that they do are like super camp. Mm -hmm. super They're camp. so cheesy and yeah. so bad, but like real camp in my mind. I also feel like the tent and the like gingham cloth and the like aprons that they'll wear. I feel I feel like it's not not camp. Like the, yeah. like the extra, like be as fucking British as you possibly can so that your caricature of Britishness is campy. Yeah. I, yeah, completely. Well, I was even going to say like the scenery, the shots of like the beautiful flowers around the area, like some of the, the imagery that they use is like bright and colorful, which always comes across as gay. Yeah. Yep. And I love the, um, I love when they like, switch to like the animation of what the baker is going to bake and th they're like imogen is using pistachio crumb and lemon compote to accentuate her raspberry tart or like what like and they're doing the little drawings and like yeah. the voiceover is just so like ah, da, 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 da. it's like really um it's really calming it's a, it's a presence that i needed in my life during covid and was very oh, pleased that it was there yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, the other pleasing part about it that everyone talks about is how nice people are to each other. And I think that's kind of gay. Someone else wins and they clap and they don't look mad at all. It's not like yeah. what's her name at the Oscars that's actually pissed and you could see it on her face. They're like genuinely pleased for each other. Yeah, exactly. They help each other out. Like it's very, it's very American to be like, fuck you. I'm trying to win. And I think we associate politeness with gayness or like that that means you're soft that means you're gay yep yep also you're gonna go through 12 weeks and all you get is a fucking pie plate and bragging rights that's horseshit <laughs> what kind of competition is this there, there should be a death match and there should be money at the end <laughs> yes exactly the only way reality competition shows should end um, apparently in season 13, I've not watched it, but they had three queer contestants, James Dewar, Janice Dormagel, I don't know, and Sandro. Sandro. Yep. Just no, no last name to Sandro. Like just Sandro. Yeah. Okay. That's the gayest part. Okay. <laughs> 
It's like Madonna <laughs> or Britney or Cher. Yes, <laughs> Sandro. Yep. Uh, but I wanted... I've not seen that season either. But yeah. okay, yeah, I don't have Netflix anymore. Maybe I need to get it back. Hmm. But what I really want to talk about is David Atherton, who won the tenth season. Okay. Uh, he's gay. He's actually married to a dude. Really? Yeah. He and a uh, fellow gay contestant, Michael uh, Chakravarty. I missed that totally. Chakravarty. Chakravarty. <laughs> anyway, he they both have a podcast together called the Sticky Bun Boys. Oh, my God. You know that they have sticky buns. Oh, I, I don't know who this person is. They were on the same season, I believe. And they were, they, it was just like one of the gayest seasons. It was really adorable. Um, they actually talked about how previous and previous seasons, they had downplayed the LGBTQ visibility. Um, yeah. but in their season, um, they said that they quote, let us wear t-shirts that were pro LGBTQI plus. And right at the end of the whole series is me and my then fiance, uh, kissing. So apparently I didn't realize that, earlier seasons toned down the LGBT visibility until they said it specifically. Yeah. Like they would, they would focus on like their hobbies and like if, if they showed a same sex partner, it would be like really quickly, like, and here's their partner, Nancy, let's keep going. Yeah. (laughs) And she plays soccer or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it, it, it definitely, it, it has always felt to me like they would rush through it and do the minimal, um, and especially compared to the straight people where they would focus on like family time and like the kids in the house are running mm-hmm. through the kitchen while they're practicing or whatever. And they just didn't do that with the gay couples. Yeah. And avoiding talking about it, treating that's like the exact definition of something that's homophobic is treating gay people differently than you would straight people. Like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they also said that the show, quote, embraced gay men very comfortably and highlighted them a lot, but the rest of the queer community has been slightly sidelined. So they were calling on greater representation among a broader range of the LGBTQ spectrum and not just LNG. To, yeah, to the, oh, 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 oh. I, 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 I thought you said gay men. They did. So do they want more lesbians or not? Do lesbians bake? Is that a lesbian thing? I don't, I don't know. I don't Lesbians know. Hit us up in the comments. <laughs> and Let by people, know. they don't, they don't like pie, but they I assume like they like other baked goods. Yeah. They love lemon squares. Oh my God. Okay. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend Keegan asked what dessert I wanted for my birthday so that he could make it at the retreat last weekend. I said lemon bars and you told me that means I'm bi. Yes, that's a bi stereotype. Lemon bars specifically. Yes, lemon bars specifically. What about other kinds of citrus bars? I have (laughs) seen just exclusively lemon bars. It's that, it's finger guns, it's not being able to sit in chairs, it's frogs. Um, Frogs? Yeah. Hold up, what? I don't, there's no explanation for these things. So there's Mm. no, there's no detail to be pulled from it i was just glad when you got to frogs there was finally one that wasn't true about me because i can't sit in chairs i like lemon bars i sometimes unironically do finger guns that's what we need to work on i think i think you need to put the finger guns away holster them finger guns mike all right all right or do them i don't know maybe maybe that's (laughs) um i'm not by everybody mike is not by Michael, not you, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the gay one, <laughs> <laughs> the not by one, <laughs> the not by one, <laughs> the one from great British baking show, um, said, quote, if you think about the proportion of people in this country who identify as trans and then the proportion of them who like bake off and then the proportion of those who are good enough to go on bake off the proportion of those who will fit with the casting dynamic, it depends on the application and on demographics, but more can be done. Yeah. And I think that's always what, like, when you think like, oh, you're going to like force the representation, you're going to force someone on. And you're like, well, no, if you just think about the percentage of trans people that exist in the world, surely there should have been at least one trans person on by now. Sure. So I think it makes sense that they are calling for greater representation among more of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think what gay white men need to realize is we've been the focus for so long that like we need to also speak up about reminding people about the rest of the community. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And that hopefully that doesn't contradict the idea that we also need to use our privilege. Like, like I think take what visibility we have to help amplify others, not take a step back and disappear. Right. Right, right, right. Mm. Yep, totally. That's a very good clarification. Um, so I don't know. That's Great British Baking Show. Was there anything else that you want to talk about it? Yes, I. The oh. most important question of all: Would you let Paul Hollywood choke you? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm a no. I'm a no on that. You're a no. I'm a no on Paul Hollywood. What about you? I mean, I don't want him to choke me. He could, well, he could, okay. Would you he, want he could him fuck to me once for the story? Oh, I okay. <laughs> yeah, if it's if we really come down to it, and Paul Hollywood is like, "Yo, can I slip it in?" I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right, fine." But yeah, you're right. It's for the story. Yeah, it's for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, okay. I are you ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah. I, I looked up Yelp's 25 most reviewed queer owned bakeries and I read through them and I have some favorites and some reasons why I did. They're my favorite. And I just wanted to talk about, uh, talk about those queer owned bakeries and queer, queer bakers. Oh, cute. I love it. Uh, First up is night owl cookies and they're in Miami, Orlando, South Florida. The owner is Andrew Gonzalez, who is breathtaking, beautiful, (laughs) And that's really unfortunate and offensive to me because he makes carbs for a living and yet is hot. Um, oh, but know. it's nightowlcookieco.com. Um, and uh, uh, he's, he, again, he's, he's beautiful. Next up uh, is um, Noble Folk Ice Cream and Pie Bar, which uh, the thing that I really liked about them is their origin story, which you can read on the noblefolk.com. Uh, includes this, uh, their husbands. It's two husbands that started it, but they have this like a whole adorable story about like we got together and we met at a coffee shop in Sonoma County and uh, we had uh, similar passions. And uh, then we decided to open a bakery and that, that like led them to being in love and they got married and, Anyway, it's just it's just super great. But that's Healdsburg, uh, California and Santa Rosa, California, San Francisco Bay Area. That sounds like a rom-com. Right? It, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And it'd be called... Um, well, their names are Christian Solberg and Ozzy Jimenez. And I think Christian and Ozzy is uh, like, that is a nice sounding, you know, title. I was trying to think of like a baking related pun, like baking love or love rising or something like that i it could be i need you with a k (laughs) (laughs) that's so dumb i love it (laughs) okay great (laughs) um and i also think it's interesting that they um that they are like pie is their specialty so we know Hmm. that they're gay (laughs) um so next is archibald's village bakery that's archibald's village bakery.com uh, they're new. They just got started in May of 2021 and their whole thing was like, holy crap, starting a bakery in the middle of the pandemic was hard. Mm. Um, oh, I bet. Uh, but they are husbands that opened it and they are in North Beach Village, which is Fort Lauderdale area. And uh, they're also very front and center with their gayness as part of like the identity of the bakery, like their their homepage uh, there's this adorable picture of them and they're wearing rainbow suspenders. Oh, cute. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking adorable. Um, okay. So I went through and did my best to make sure that these are all like queer owned, but we're going to get into the good ones, the funny ones now, okay. or the ones that really made me happy. First, there's a place called Scott's cakes. That's all one word. No spaces. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it opened by a dude named, Scott, Scott, uh, in P town. So it says Provincetown and, uh, there, there, uh, th- there was a headline about the bakery opening. It said, this baker is freeing the world from the tyranny of choice 
one pink cupcake at a time. They have one product, pink cupcakes. <laughs> That's all you can get there. That's all that they make. That's what you have to take this, take this pink ass cupcake. That's hilarious. I <laughs> love that. Like you go into the ice cream place and you're like, can I try that one and that one and that one? And it takes forever. And you don't know if you ended up with the right one. This is just like, give me, give me a dozen. I'll yep. take them home to yep. eat by myself. Yep, that, that that article said, when you walk into Scott's Cakes in Provincetown, Massachusetts, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the flamingo pink walls, a Barbie doll display, and a busy wall of art and t-shirts for sale. But one aspect of the bakery is completely straightforward. There's no menu because the only thing you can order here is a pink cupcake. Also, they sell t-shirts that say legalize gay cupcakes, and I think that's <laughs> pretty fucking fantastic. My God, they got, must have gone nuts when Barbie came out. What a you, good timing. Great timing. Yeah. Good job, Scott. Way to go, Scott's Cakes. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The next one that I wanted to tell you about is Yas Cookies. That's (laughs) Y-A-A-A-S apostrophe cookies uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. It was uh, one one Yelper said Yas is uh, (laughs) Yas in when it comes to the art of cookies and the execution of cookie happiness. Let's see. Uh, it's a uh, a daddy of color named Von Hill o- <laughs> opened, <laughs> opened Yaz cookies and uh, he uh, would bang. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, and I just I really I really like his story because um, he started baking with his grandmother. So he, he grew up in Atlanta and had all of these cookie recipes from his grandmother and um uh, chocolate chip specifically was the the recipe that got passed down a bunch, and he just he just seems really sexy, <laughs> <laughs> and I love the name, of course. Yeah. Um, do you have any recipes that were passed down to you? Um. Well, we've had some on the show before. Mom, um, you know the the cheesy bread recipe, which but that's not like baking. Um, I've got a recipe for my great grandma Baldwin's cookies oatmeal cookies um oatmeal raisin cookies which i I really like but i don't think i've ever actually made it Hmm. um and mom used to make no bake cookies um and i I have made those before several times Hmm. um so yeah i guess yes the short answer to your question is yes kyle and then i did the podcasting thing and said more words said and then talk more (laughs) after it yeah that's perfect that's great you do you have any recipes anywhere family recipes it seems like not your family's vibe in a way yeah, no, my mom has like a whole recipe book that um, probably has old recipes and things from other people. But no, I don't have any. Oh. Well, I mean, I don't mine. want them. I don't. Yeah. I'm not like <laughs> looking for them. I'm. The, yeah. What would I do with this recipe? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> um, OK, the next one is this is this is the name of the bakery. Chicago Sugar Daddy Patisserie. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. And Chicago Sugar Daddy Patisserie uh, is super adorable. It's in, of course, Chicago. And they call all of their employees, at least the ones that bake, uh, they, they call them uh, daddies. Um, <laughs> and uh, they have these adorable T-shirts that say, yes, daddy. Um <laughs> And uh, they uh, chef daddy. That's what they God, Why couldn't I come up with that? They, they, they call them they call them all chef daddies. And one of them is in the finale of Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship. I guess you can stream that on Max HBO. Wow. But uh, yeah, uh, his name is James and uh, he's a chef daddy. And the whole show is really interesting to me because um, it's the it's the Halloween baking championship. So it's all of these like cakes that are like a demon or, you know, have like a, it looks like a bleeding heart or whatever. It all looks like something the fucking Dan would make. Actually, I was just going to say that sounds right up the fucking Dan's alley. <laughs> and they do weddings and catering, which I think that's that's also pretty fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Sugar Daddy Patisserie. And last but not least, arguably the most iconic one on this list is Hot Cookie, which is hot in cookie. the Castro in San Francisco. It is hotcookie.com. And they have been in the Castro for a really long time and have sort of been activist about stuff for that that whole period of time, like trying to be 
you know, members of the community and whatnot. They were started way back in 1997 and uh, they have, you can order right off of their website, uh, penis and vag cookies. <laughs> no um, way. Yeah. Oh my God. Bachelor and bachelorette parties must fucking love that place. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, something else that I really like about them is their, their, um, their motto is where our cookies are as hot as our customers. <laughs> and uh, again, they have they're 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 for among other things, they're famous for having penis shaped and vagina shaped cookies that you can buy. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's some of my favorites from the uh, from the the 25 most reviewed LGBTQ owned bakeries in the US. And I've just made so much work for Derek because he's going to have to find all of them now and tag them because they all have social media. <laughs> work 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 if you go to any of those bakeries take a picture there and tag us on instagram please oh yeah let us know um well let's really get to it mike let's get to it baking gay fuck yes fuck yes there was an article about this called i'm gay and i bake but does that make baking gay by eric kim on food 52 And he not only told his own story, but he also interviewed like chefs and bakers and stuff and asked what they had to say. So we're going to see what people in the actual industry have to say about this. I like the question and I get it. And like your editor needed a headline whatever, but like, (laughs) but like I'm gay and I breathe. Does that make breathing gay? (laughs) That's true. I'm gay and I blank could be a (laughs) like, yeah, could be literally anything. But he tells this story. One of the reasons that made sense in the context of the story he told is he started a food blog when he was 13 and his cousins commented on one of his blog posts. You're baking now. Are you gay or something? Oh, sure. Great. And so it was one of those things where he hadn't considered that one of his passions, it almost like betrayed him, gave him away when he wasn't even sure that he was gay himself, when he was still wrestling with the question. So um, I think that happens to a lot of our passions when we're younger is we realize that they're gay. And so we distance ourselves from them. Yeah. I mean, that's also like, Hey Kyle. Hey Mike. Kids are dicks. Kids are assholes. They just, they really are in any way to like tear each other down or like stir bad feelings and other like they're just evil little dick bags so like some of this is that right it's just the toxic like you know tear 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 each other down horse shit that boys do yeah but also when it's that young you're getting that you're picking up on that homophobia from other people or your parents or society like you're picking up on those you're that's young enough that you're like you're picking that up from somewhere in society. So it just goes to show how homophobic society is that kids that young know to call each other gay. Yep. Yep. In the article, he said, I felt betrayed by this new hobby that had given me so much joy up to that point. Suddenly it became a cause of great stress. Was baking going to be the thing that outed me to the world? There's nothing worse than being outed before you can out yourself, let alone before you even know yourself. Yeah. Yep. So he, emailed a bunch of other uh, people to get their take. Uh, so in response to his baking gay pastry chef, Zach young said, quote, if a sensitive, delicate studied blend of art and science is gay, then yes, there is a patience, a precision an aesthetic and intuitive intelligence in working in a field based on creativity within the confines of science that could be perceived as soft feminine deity but calling pastry gay would be akin to categorizing meat cookery as some super masculine, butch, barbaric, me, man, this fire, I cook buffalo task that could only be executed by a brute Neanderthal. Isn't that what we just said? That's what we just said. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> like, I think. Also, meat cookery is the gayest thing that's ever been said. <laughs> <laughs> Let me warm up that meat for you. I can't wait for boyfriend to get home so we can do some meat cookery (laughs) i hate it (laughs) but i mean i think that is what happens when you talk about certain things being gay then the opposite thing becomes like the butch thing to do which is really frustrating yep for sure Brian Hart Hoffman, editor-in-chief of Bake From Scratch magazine, said, quote, I have always believed that baking breaks down barriers and brings people together to share their unique traits and flavors with others. 
a gay baker can certainly be gay and bake without the label baking is gay. I'd like to think that baking is for everyone. Sure. But especially the gays. But particularly the gays. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the things that's interesting you talking about some of those bakeries because they had to make the choice whether they were going to be a bakery run by people who are gay or a gay bakery, you know, yeah. and a lot of them made the decision to be a very gay bakery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's something that we also have to do as like humans. I think that that represents what we as humans do. Like do there are so many people that are like, I just want to be treated like a human. I don't want to be, I don't want people to like see my gay identity first. I think some of that is born of internalized homophobia, but some people totally fair if they just want to be seen as a person and gay is just one of the many things that they are. And other people are like, I want, I want to be gay dude. I want to be super out and open and for that to be a distinguishing part of who I am. And that's also super valid. Yeah. There's, there's also bakeries are businesses and like those super gay bakeries that I just named, like Provincetown, San Francisco, Atlanta, even for yes. Like they're, (laughs) they're, they're, those are fucking gay ass places where being gay ass isn't going to lose you business or enough business that it would make it, a, a, a you know prohibitive place to 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 do business yeah absolutely and lastly buzzfeed food writer jesse oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> jesse seswick maybe there's just a bunch of consonants that all come right in a row with no no breath um Uh, Jesse says, quote, the stereotype of baking being gay has nothing to do with sexuality and everything to do with deeply rooted misogyny. Baking has been portrayed as a traditionally feminine activity. So naturally it has evolved into being labeled gay as the two often overlap. Homophobia is born out of misogyny and we cannot tackle one issue without addressing the other. Men who genuinely think baking is gay have been programmed to think that women belong in the kitchen and that they bake to bring pleasure to men, not to themselves. Ooh. Oof. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I love the connection between misogyny and homophobia because I completely agree. Like we've had, I feel like we've just had a bunch of topics recently that have been like, the reason this is gay is because people assume it's feminine and people assume gay people are feminine and, and soft and delicate or whatever. And to, to be a gay person and not also be a feminist is like not understanding some of the underlying societal issues and the root cause of them. Yeah. Well, and it could be, that could be a feature, not a bug of being gay, right? Like Mm. we, we get to explore those things because we aren't as wrapped up in heteronormative. Who's the man? Who's the woman? Bullshit. Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits of the more visibility and rights and equality that we have, the more we're able to break down some of those barriers. And maybe it starts with the gays that can bake because, well, I'm already gay, so might as well break down other barriers. No one, no one gives a shit at that point. And then that opens the door to other men who like baking to be able to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Be the gay you want to see in the world. Like your opener. Oh my God. I don't think we've ever connected it back to the opening, but yeah. Be the gay you want to see in the world. I always connect it to one of my openings. (laughs) Meat cookery. Meat cookery. Indeed. (laughs) Oh God. Oh God. I'm a wreck now. Oh no. I embarrassed myself. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I think we figured out that baking is gay. We know why. And society needs to get its shit together. Get your shit together, society. Does can society be one of our nominees for dickbag fuckface assholes? Next year. Next year. Okay. Yeah, I see that. What about kids? You talked shit about kids being assholes. Maybe kids should be dickbag fuckface assholes. Yeah. We need different categories, I think. That's true. Maybe, maybe next year we'll go more elaborate with it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how it works. Yeah. Uh, did we do it? Yeah, I think so. We talked about baking. Yeah. So for the Patreon segment, I'm going to go over a list of desserts invented by ChatGPT for each of 10 different gay icons. <laughs> we'll see what Beyonce's dessert is. Oh, 
she's not on the list. Oh my God. These are all queer icons, like icons that oh, are queer. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you and I will come up with what Beyonce's dish is. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Pie break. Well, but be quiet so your souffle doesn't deflate. Sure. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Are we back? We're back. We're back. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, hey, 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 fuckers. Beautiful listeners. Vote in the Dickbag Fuckface Asshole Awards. There is a poll on our Facebook community, our Facebook group, and uh, you need to find it and vote for who you think deserves this year's Dickbag Fuckface Asshole Award. And uh, if you want to vote for somebody who's not on the list, you absolutely can. But uh, uh, yeah, take a look. Voting will end eventually, and then we're going to order that person a trophy and send it to them, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yep, that's it. Facebook.com slash group slash gayish podcast. Yeah. Also, go to patreon.com on a web browser on your desktop or laptop, because uh, you have to do it from there, and give us your address so we can send you a Christmas card. Yeah. Um. Next. Local gay bar review. Uh, uh, now I'm going to talk to you about the Lucky Horseshoe in Chicago, Illinois, also known as the Lucky Ho. The Lucky Ho. We went when we were there uh, for the Chicago live show. Uh, it was a go-go bar. And mm-hmm. I say that with a question mark because <laughs> they all seemed very bored and like they weren't dancing. Oh, my God. They got up there and danced <laughs> like I would if I was at an uncomfortable party. Yeah. like <laughs> just a lot of like back and forth shuffling just like and, yeah, kind of stepping side to side and just like full on conversations with people instead of like <laughs> dancing um uh there was i was super into one because he looked like henry cavill but but uh the rest were you know i go to a lot of go-go bars kyle and yes, was, it was not the best for chicago the drinks were quite cheap um but uh uh Overall, I found it weird and uncomfortable. Two dildos. <laughs> <laughs> weird and uncomfortable. If my penis could talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do our gay and straightest? No. Our website is oh, gayishpodcast.com. Right. <laughs> we are on socials. We are now on Blue Sky. So if you were on Blue Sky, go follow us there. We also have. I thought that was knockoff boner pills. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the other Blue Sky. Okay, great. Um, we're also on Instagram and have a Facebook group and have a discord. So check it out there. Our hotline. You can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, especially if it's your gayest, the straightest. We love that. Those have been coming in a lot lately. It's five, eight, five, five gayish. That's five, eight, five, five, four, two, nine, four, seven, four standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box one, nine, eight, eight, two Seattle, Washington, nine, eight, one, oh, nine. Um, Gays straightest? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm happy to go first. Okay. So we went on our D&D retreat this last weekend, and mm-hmm. I took my coffee grinder with me so that we could grind up coffee beans. And as we were packing up yesterday to come home, I turned to one of our friends and I said, oh, that's my grinder. The only one I've used this weekend. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, and none of the straight people seemed to really get it. Oh, so. Uh, I wish you had been in earshot. Oh, that's that's funny. I I appreciate you, Mike. Great. Uh, And then the straightest thing about me this week, I have not done any shopping since I've gotten home and definitely did the like, oh, this is a bag of instant rice and a can of chicken. That's a meal. (laughs) (laughs) Threw threw it together, opened up two packages and poured them together. That's a meal. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, My gayest is I wore a shirt that I forgot I had. Oh, I went in, I went through some of my collared button down shirts for work and I found one that I hadn't worn in a long time. So wow. I felt cute wearing a new shirt or a new old shirt. Nice. Yeah. And my straightest is that I'm wearing just a plain white t-shirt right now. Yeah. Plain white tees. Yep. I also feel I, a uh, uh, plain black tee is the same, same thing, right? That's mm. like, it's just slightly less straight, but still pretty in there. Which is a lot of my wardrobe is like dark 
t-shirts. <laughs> so a lot of my wardrobe is like a straight dude who doesn't care. Um, well, uh, we have a listener's gaze and straightest that was a voicemail. Hi, gays. Um, I have a gayest and straightest for this week. My straightest was I popped a tire right after voting for abortion and marijuana in Ohio. Um, and with that pop tire, I had never changed a tire before, so I had to do that. Uh, that is my straightest. And then my gayest is making my gay boyfriend do most of it because he is a hot daddy and he knows more about cars than me and whatnot. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you, Mystery Caller, for your gayest and straightest this week. Really appreciate it. But most importantly, I appreciate that you were part of the successful voting for abortion rights in Ohio, enshrining in their constitution the right to an abortion. Oh, I just was grateful you had a hot daddy boyfriend. Oh, well, I'm, you know, we can all be grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that it? That is it. We did it. A thank you to all of those queer ass bakers that I made Derek look up on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you do and doing it so gaily. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to Eric Kim, who wrote the article that I read about be is gay is baking gay. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. And also thank you to our super gap bridges at the highest level of Patreon. We say your name on every episode. Thank you to Kaylee Adams, Kit Oliver, Andrew Bugby, William Bryant, John Crowley, Stephen Porcio, Stossel, Harry Shaw, Jonathan Montanez, Wadu, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cagetorians, and Jerome York. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your money. That is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Ketchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Be fast, because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>